Hey there! The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app, and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the -the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from current affairs and movies to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. Welcome to this week's Everyday Mindfulness Show. I'm your host, Mike Domish, and joining us is our cast of brilliant individuals. This week, specifically joining us is Tal Peretz, Barry Moniak, and Rick Clemens. This week's topic is jealousy. And often what I'll do is I'll begin by reading a quote that inspired me to want to discuss or look at the theme of the week or the episode. This one really wasn't a quote. It was more of a moment of reflection. I was looking back at my earlier career, and what it was is I got an email from somebody who had really become highly successful in the field. And I remember when they were really soaring, and I wasn't soaring, I would find everything they were doing wrong and how they were building their business. And I would even to myself go, well, how they're doing that's just that's unethical or that's not the way to do things. That's wrong. And then I started reflecting, why did I do that back then? And I realized, you know what? It was, it was a little bit of jealousy, wanting to find something wrong on their journey so I could maybe have an excuse for why my journey wasn't going the same way or why their approach wouldn't work for me. And I'm like, that's messed up that I did that back then. And so that's where it got me to, hmm, how do we talk about that on a mindfulness level of, of where jealousy shows itself? And and it can show itself, I mean, throughout our lives at different stages, but how does it show itself? How are we aware of it? What do we look for? And so as we begin this conversation, you know, for me, that was a bit of self-sabotage. I was letting jealousy sabotage myself from learning from these people who may be doing some very cool things or maybe doing some things really well, even if I didn't like certain things they were doing. It wasn't leading me to learn. It was it was stopping me. It was creating a barrier. How do the three of you feel that jealousy impacts your own personal ability to achieve or to accomplish or to take the next step that you're trying to achieve in life? Mike, I really like that opening story because it really gets to one of the things that I keep re-realizing about jealousy specifically and about a lot of negative emotions and, and sort of negative externalizations when we put something negative on somebody else is that it really ends up, in my experience, it just ends up telling you a lot more about yourself than about the person that you're upset about. And I know this because like there have been times with my partner where She'll tell me about something going on in her life, and I feel jealous of her or jealous like about that situation. And then the next day, she tells me about it again, and it's fine. And I realized that the difference was in me and just like how I'm going that day, whether my back hurts, whether I have a headache, whether I've been drinking enough water or eating enough protein or whatever sort of self-care I need to do. 
I found that if I'm feeling good about myself, then it's really easy for me to be excited and supportive about what my partner's doing, what my friends are doing, what anybody else is doing out in the world, as long as I genuinely think it's good work. And if I'm not happy with where I am, then all of a sudden everything that everyone else is doing is a problem. And it's mostly about not really wanting to deal with what's going on with me. So I found that especially with jealousy, but with a lot of other sort of negative externalization emotions as well, I find them most interesting and most beneficial when I can look at it and go, okay, so I know this isn't actually about that person or what's going on with them. What is this telling me about me? Let me stop for a second and think, what's going on with me that this is bothering me right now? Oh, that's brilliant, Tal. I love it. Because when I look back, I, I was trying to become them. And that was the problem, right? I wasn't happy with who I was. I was trying to get to there. And that's what leads to problems, right? You're trying to be somebody else. So it's not a fulfilled place when you're trying to be somebody else or get to somebody else's place. So I love that. Barry, how do you see that? Well, one of the things that, that I pondered about this for a long time is jealousy is one of those abstractions within the human experience, very personal, very individual, and hard to put a finger on exactly what it is or why it is. What I've been able to ascertain so far is that there's two sides to the coin. Am I generating my own jealousy because you're taller, smarter, you make more money, whatever, then I am totally doing that to myself. If I'm involved with someone, a life partner, a business partner, and they're lying to me, cheating to, you know, cheating on me, then they're setting something into motion. I'm still having the reaction. It's still me producing the jealousy, but it's coming from a different source. So just being able to ascertain, well, which side of the equation is this particular situation on? Now I can start moving forward. If it's someone else, Maybe I need to question the integrity of, of my relationships. In the realm of, of psycho-emotional experience, I've come to, to realize that, that things are on a trajectory from immature to mature, or what I like to call unsophisticated to sophisticated. What a, what a small child might do without knowing it, you know, maybe they break something that was worth a million dollars. It doesn't make them a bad person. As they get older, we might hold them increasingly accountable for their actions because now they should know better. To me, jealousy is an infancy of emotion that if it were to evolve, it could become motivation, inspiration, enlightenment, that, wow, you're able to do something I'm not able to do. What could I learn from you? Same exact scenario, same exact relationship dynamic, but my response is totally different. How do I get from that thing, well, damn you for having what I don't, to how could I learn from you to get what you have? How do you recognize it? I mean, I think that's a big, for anyone listening right now, we can all say that you're dead on, right? We know that's true. There's those two different perspectives. So when we're not having the how do I learn moment and instead we're having the and, and how do I learn because because I'm intrigued not how do I learn because I want to to match you right it's not that kind of a learning it's because I want to grow and I want to learn versus the I'm going to find something wrong in that because of jealousy aspect or tear down because of but how do we recognize when we're in the negative when we are in the comparison mode in a negative way not a growth way but in a in a knocking down kind of mode how what are things anybody has found that works for you to catch that. Cause I had this as a reflection. I didn't have it at the time 
I was having these feelings. I wish I did, but I didn't have that enlightenment. You got to look at how you're reacting. I mean, the reaction should give you the signal. At least it does for me that if I'm reacting and I can't let it go, this has everything to do with me. It has nothing to do with them. And I cannot learn from somebody. If I look at it from the perspective of, wow, look at where they are and what they're achieving and I'm not obsessed with it, at least this is how I show up. If I, if I'm not obsessed by it, I'm like, cool, look what they did. Then I instantly turn into the curiosity guy. I, I become inquisitive about, well, hmm, how can I make that happen? So that's how it shows up for me. Has anybody had an example where you caught, you did catch yourself? Could you share one, Barry? Because I think that's good for people to hear an example of, all right, can you give me an example where you caught yourself in the mode of jealous in a negative way and pulled out of it? Well, I think the easiest, most graphic is in a personal, you know, intimate relationship where I felt like she was more drawn to, attracted to someone else than me. And I really didn't like the way that felt in my gut. But it was there. It was real. And I was pretty sure that I might be onto something. So I wasn't just hallucinating and making it up. But then I had to, to go deeper into myself to find out, okay, well, what are my values? What's that piece of ground that right, I stand so I'm gonna pause. on? I'm going to pause because let's say, you know, Dave, it's five o'clock on a Saturday and you're feeling she's more attracted to someone else than you. You're having these feelings of insecurity of, you know, why not me? Uh, why that person? Is it two days later? Is it a month later when you have this moment of, well, wait, 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 wait. No, for me, it was right then. Okay. It was like somebody punched me in the gut. And, and I'm kind of reeling and then it's like, okay, I need to deal with this because it's not going to go away on its own and it will probably get worse if I don't deal with it. How old were you, Barry? This, I would say how probably. Long, you didn't say how old you were. Let's say how long ago was this? I'm going to say mid-20s, early mid-20s and I'm 66 now. So it was 40 some years ago. Wow, you're way more enlightened than I was in my 20s. I can tell you that right now. I, I would have, it would have taken me longer to get there. I'm just curious, either, uh, Rick or Tell, did, did you, was it the same for you in your 20s? Were you that quick to figure out when you were in a negative place? I think I, think I was, yeah, to a degree, because for me coming out as a gay man, I had just come out in, when I was 19 and went back in the closet. So the awareness of how I went away from something like that gave me some new insights to go keep exploring myself, even though I wasn't living my truth. There was something about that opening that got me much more conscious at a very young age. And I started to notice that because a lot of people saw me as much more conscious and aware and mature at the age you know, they're like, oh, wow, you must be like 30 some years old. I'm like, no, I'm 23 or 24. And, and it started showing up. That's when I started to go, okay, I'm looking at things from a different perspective than mm -hmm. a lot of people my own age. That's awesome. Tal? Yeah. Um, I, I can remember having that like pit sinking feeling in my gut as far back as like, oh man, I was like eight or 10 years old. Like when you first have like, I'm going to get in trouble for this, that sinking feeling. Or just like this could turn out badly or I think I might have hurt someone without realizing it. And I think for me, the turning point isn't so much when do you have those feelings, although I think the fact that Barry remembers that sense of like that gut feeling about it so many years later on is like speaks to how powerful it can be and how important it is to listen to it. 
But for me, I think the turning point isn't when you have them or even when you notice them. It's when you're able to identify it. Well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm referring to. That's exactly what I'm referring to, Tell. That's what, that's what I wanted to jump to, which is, I, I agree with you. I had the gut feelings as a child, something's wrong, or I'm looking at this, you know, I'm doing something wrong, or I had all that. But the recognition, I, I'm wondering what, what, what can help people get, and maybe it's because I'm in a different place today. Now I do have it than in my twenties. But yeah, how do you help bring that forward, that recognition? I think you nailed it there, Tell. Step one is pay attention and just like stop what you're doing otherwise and really actually acknowledge like, okay, my body is trying to tell me something. I need to spend some time figuring out what that is. There are a whole bunch of different techniques for doing that. For me, two of my favorites, I'm a yoga instructor as well as a professor. And so I'll either go and do a yoga practice and instead of going to a class or like turning on some music, I'll do a silent practice with a notepad next to my yoga pad, yoga mat. And that way, like a third of the way through my yoga practice, all of a sudden my brain starts chattering about stuff. And I'll just write down what is my brain chattering about. I've done the same thing with what a, a friend of mine calls judgy meditation, which is you try and just like sit silently and meditate. And when your brain starts coming up with chatter, write those things down and see what the patterns are. I have other friends who just do it by journaling or by talking with friends and just sort of what's on your mind, letting it out. And eventually your brain will come out with here are the things that are going on sort of semi-consciously that I really need to work through. And then the issue is, so now that you've identified what it is, how do you, how do you handle it? How do you interact with it? How do you work with it? And that I think is a big next step. <laughs> yes. Well, I love that you share the yoga, but yet you're willing to step out of yoga to write your thoughts. You know, Cause so many people here, you know, if you're doing yoga, you're doing meditation, stay in the, stay in that place where you're saying it's okay to pause the place and be where you need to be for your mind to write or to think or to talk. Right. That's why I loved that my friend, like he calls it judgy meditation. You know, I can't take credit for it myself. It was really, really helpful for me to have someone else sort of give me permission to not just like sit and clear my brain, but to sit and use the noise that my brain keeps coming up with productively to learn about myself and to process what's going on in my life. Yeah, I like that, Tal, because too many people in the in the metaphysical realm go on these tangents about their ideologies and their belief systems and all that. The reality appears to be that metaphysics is the realm beyond natural normal physics. And can we take a moment to to identify what exactly is going on before we start layering it with our ideas and beliefs about what's going on? But what is it? And that, my, for me, was, was my fascination that jealousy was a reactive state. Something had to happen in order for me to experience or anybody else to experience jealousy. It didn't just well up on its own. So what is it reacting to? Oh, my girl might be more attracted to someone else. Okay, well, how do I really, really feel about that? Do I want her to be with me just because, or do I want what's best for her? Hmm, this is an interesting thing to contemplate here. That's what got me more into wanting to raise the bar. Well, I would rather be of service to her, getting her into a better relationship than holding her back to be with me just so I could say I won. That's huge. And in our culture, we know how big that is when, especially, I mean, you know, the example you're giving happens to be a heterosexual example, but our media runs with that heterosexual kind of example of win the woman over, you know, win the girl, that kind of a concept. Exactly. 
But I, I think, and Rick could probably speak to this better than me, I think it happens in the gay and lesbian community as well. So I don't know that it's as gender specific as we might think it is. It's no, no, no. No, we're perfect. We're, we're perfect over there in that community. <laughs> <laughs> we have no issues. Rick, can I hang out with you just a little bit? <laughs> you know, I think, that would rub off. I think maybe we crossed paths at NSA if you were there because you look familiar to me. But, yes, anytime you want to come hang out. You know, I think this is so interesting, though, because it is catching yourself in the moment. And I, for the last, I'm going to say six months, I've really been looking at, okay, why am I having some blocks in my business? And I've actually looked over the last few years when I've been involved in several really beautiful projects. And the blocks have become because I've let my jealousy get in the way. And every time I let my jealousy get in the way, I can't get anything done. I can try, but I keep trying to do things because I want to get what somebody else is getting. And as I started to come into this awareness just in the last few months, I started looking at, okay, if I see something's really causing that jealousy head of mine to show up, I need to ask myself, what is this really all about? And just in the last 24 hours, something really beautiful has happened for me. I had an opportunity because of somebody else saying, hey, I have this opportunity that showed up for me. And immediately I felt that jealousy start to show up and I said wait what is this about what is it you want to know what is it you want to do with what you're hearing about your friend getting this opportunity to do and what I wanted to do is ask hey do you know if this opportunity is available to others is it just something that you're in the know about and he said no this opportunity is for you know they're they're looking for people and in that moment I thought well this is kind of cool and I said would you have a problem if I pursued the opportunity too, and he goes, no, man, I'd love it. I'd love it if we both could pursue it. And then, you know, even if not both of us get in and I realized how really powerful it was that I was able to stop myself in that moment and say what I really wanted in that moment, rather than letting the jealousy show up. And because I allowed myself to do that, the opportunity actually came through. And now I'm holding this really powerful opportunity in my hands which I don't think would have happened if I would have allowed the old Rick who still likes to show up every once in a while, but the old Rick to step into full jealousy mode and just sit and spin in that and just spin in it because I would never have taken the opportunity to go, wait, what's really going on here? What would I like? And what would I like to ask for him? Because I asked because I had a really good friend who said, God, yes, I'd love to have you do this. Here's what you need to do this. Da, da, da. And literally what was so interesting is, he ended up about halfway through the process saying, you know, I'm bowing out of this man because it's just not a right fit for me. I think it's a great fit for you. I'm putting all of my energy towards you, man, hoping that this thing comes through for you. And it did. So I think this is where we sometimes need to really look at this jealousy thing and go, how do we spin it around and look at it from that other beautiful place of what is it I can bring from this rather than jealousy? Well, and I think a thing about jealousy that can be so powerful it's weird how it seems like the world knows when you're bringing jealousy out, even if you don't know it. And so yeah. it does block like it creates this wall that you're unaware of. So then you become more jealous and it's a vicious cycle it, because you're you're spewing jealous energy out there. And so it, it really kills connections because it's usually people you're mm -hmm. jealous about. Uh, yeah. And so there almost seems to be. Jealousy aligns very much with people playing a role in your life only to serve you. 
yeah. and there's that that twist there. So how do we? Until you started to bring this up before, you gave some great specific strategies and exercises for us thinking this out and figuring out where we're at and and seeing the jealousy. And you said the next big step is all right. What do you do once you recognize that? That's a great point. So what does everybody think? What do you do when you start to go, ooh, having a moment of jealousy here? Or there's some kind of jealousy showing up here. I really like Rick's answer to that, Rick's point of like, what is the desire that I'm having that is creating this feeling of jealousy? And then from that desire, okay, is this a thing I can have or what do I do with it or or what actions can I take so that I'm not just kind of stewing in my own negative feelings, but that I can make positive actions towards addressing and resolving the thing. There's one other thing that I learned from a workshop that I took a while ago. The reason that I like wanted to have this conversation with you all is because there is a great workshop that someone gave specifically on jealousy. And the key thing that I took home from that is that using the word jealousy can sometimes get in your way when you're trying to figure out about like how to navigate and deal with the feelings. In that particular workshop, it was talking about relationships. And the problem was when you just say, I'm jealous of you to a partner, but also to a friend or to a colleague or to a new business contact or whatever, the way the wording works, the only way to continue the conversation or to think about it or, the, or to try and navigate your way out of it is I'm jealous of you. So you need to do something differently. And that doesn't actually work very well. That's not particularly effective because it never works well. <laughs> right. And, and nobody else can get rid of my jealousy. Yeah. Like, because my jealousy is mine. So if I need to get rid of it, I need to do the work on it, not project it onto other people and ask them to change. But that's usually how we address jealousy or the way we're kind of, like you were saying, sort of beginner emotional knowledge. Uh, way of of trying to address jealousy is you need to change so I don't have these feelings. The great thing about this workshop was she pointed out like if we just don't call it jealousy, if you don't use that word, you find out that there's a whole lot of other feelings under there that we kind of lump together into this one term jealousy. Yes. But the jealousy gets out it gets in the way of understanding what the other feelings are. So even just in this podcast we've talked about I'm jealous meaning I'm insecure about the possibility of you leaving me for someone else or I'm insecure about the possibility of someone else being more interesting or more attractive than me or I want something that you have. Jealousy can also be like I'm really glad you have it. I just want to be doing it too. Or I'm totally fine with you doing it. I just don't have anything to do right now and I want to be doing something or I just don't feel good about myself. And so I'm putting that if we take away the word jealousy, we can start asking, OK, well, what what am I really feeling here? What is the problem that I'm having? What is the thing that I want that might be able to address that problem? Not just, well, I'm jealous, so you need to stop it. Well, see, I like that, Tal, because if. The thing that is causing or promoting the jealousy were to be removed. Okay, so she decided to be with me. You decided to do business with me. You decided to give me the thing that I that I coveted. Okay, so I'm no longer jealous, but what prompted the jealousy is still there. I haven't addressed what it was that caused me to have that feeling in the first place. Right. So we haven't grown. We haven't accomplished anything. You know, I teach skiing and, and up there, what everybody is afraid of is the fall line, that, that line of gravity pulling on people. Okay, great. Let's get rid of it. Well, now we're on a flat level parking lot. And if something doesn't push us or pull us, there's no more skiing. So getting rid of what we're afraid of doesn't solve the problem. It's having to make friends with what we're afraid of. And I think that's what we're all 
aiming at here is how do we befriend what's causing us the jealousy? And, and you're right, Tal, then we're going to have to look at the, the undercurrent. Well, what's, what's beneath that? What's within that that would cause me to feel that way? And that's where the beautiful mindfulness can really show itself because it often, I mean, you can be jealous of your partner's body compared to yours, regardless of sexual orientation, identity, gender. You can compare even where you're not apples to apples, in which you never are, no matter what the circumstance, but still be jealous of that. And what's that all about? That's about your own self-awareness, your own maybe lack of love for exactly who you are, which your presence in the world, your, your body wise. But you don't recognize that. You see it as, oh, look at theirs. Look at their, I wish I had versus going, well, look at mine, right? Look at mine. There's so much to love here. This is, and having that perspective. That allows us to realize a lot of times, maybe we don't even want what they have. We're playing a mind game with ourselves. But if we actually became aware of it and just went, you know what? I don't even want that. Why did I do that? Which leads us to a whole different conversation that had nothing to do with the topic at all. But it was something that was bothering us. You know, that was in the side of our head going, hey, hey, I'm going to distract over here. And suddenly you're three issues away from what was causing it in the first place. Well, at the core of all of this, I believe, is if you really strip everything back, jealousy comes simply from fear. Whatever is causing the jealousy, there's some fear that we're not facing or that we are facing that we don't like. And if we take the fear away, there is no fear. I mean, as soon as you confront the fear, it's gone. And so if we take away the fear of she's going to go somewhere else or my my friend's going to make more money than me and I'm still going to be, you know, not making as much money, then they won't want to hang out with me. Well, there's the fear or, you know, my wow, you can do that yoga pose so much better than me. That means your body's going to be in much better shape and you're going to live longer. If we roll it all back, everything stems from fear. That's my perspective. And Rick, I, I agree with that mostly. The book I'm writing right now is titled Befriend Fear. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're definitely playing in, in my flower garden. When you talk about these things, I do not believe that fear can be removed. I think that confronting fear, you're wrestling with something that's stronger than you. It will win. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that I've come up with that makes any sense at all is to befriend the fear. If it's something that's trying to protect me, great. Thank you so much for doing that. If it's something that I have a poor relationship with or I don't have the skill set to deal with, thank you for letting me know what I need to learn next. So I agree. If I can identify jealousy as a fear, then to call that that momentary internal timeout and go, okay, obviously something important is going on here or I wouldn't be feeling this strongly. What is it? And what can I learn about it? And what can I do about it? Because it's something that's significant in my life or it wouldn't have registered. Yeah. Now you're spot on. I, I think the words you're using is exactly what I'm saying is as soon as you confront that fear, it's it doesn't go away, but it kind of does go away. As soon as you've confronted it, you now know what you're dealing with. It's the unknown that often is what keeps feeding the fire and igniting the fire around all these fears. And then jealousy becomes one of the many things that is, is entangled in fear, just like anger is entangled in fear and all yeah, the other things. I have such a great example of that. There was a time recently I had that pit in my stomach feeling with a partner 
And I was just like, hey, can I talk to you about this thing for a couple minutes? And it was literally, it was just, I didn't know where those feelings were coming from. I just knew that I had some negative feelings. As we started talking about it, literally, she didn't have to say anything. I just had to talk through to the point where I identified my fear. And as soon as I said it out loud, I recognized that it was a ridiculous thing to be afraid of and it wasn't true. And it just went away. But it took me thinking about it and committing to dealing with it directly rather than this sort of habit that I know at least I've gotten into of like, that's scary. I'm going to run away from it and try and ignore it, which then means I never dig up what it actually is and I can't address it directly. Well, and I'm even worse. I do something worse than that. I mean, there we go. Worse for comparing, but I run down the rabbit hole. I want to confront it too. So like you, I sooner or later I confront it, but I run down this deep rabbit hole first. Of all the drama, you know, this negative drama of, well, maybe that means this and maybe that means that, maybe that means that. And then I come out and address it, but it'd be a lot quicker to just address it than run down the rabbit hole and really help get to a place of, of being more mindful of what you're feeling and everything at that time of catching that. So I love that tale of, yeah, you know, when you talk it out, it becomes so obvious. You know, when, when I work with audiences, people say, how do you, how do you get people in the audience to say the things they say? And I say, well, ironically, I just let them talk. You know, if somebody, if somebody say, well, that can't be right. I'll go, well, we'll explain as soon as they have to explain. How, for instance, they don't believe it's the right thing to do to give someone a choice in the sexual situation. As soon as they have to explain it out loud, they catch themselves sounding like, well, I didn't, wow, I don't mean that. That is not who I, how I want to represent myself, but they just had to speak it out loud. And that's true of, I know me too. I'm the same way tell that if I speak it out loud, it becomes very obvious. Mike, that that is the, the essential key you're asking a little while ago about what can we do? Some, some, you know, tactical things. What do we do once we've identified it? Jealousy can only happen in relation to an interaction with someone. If you're all by yourself in a room, I don't know if it's humanly possible to be jealous because there's nothing to be jealous of. So jealousy requires an interface with another human being. We can process so much of it. You know, I can pat myself on the back. Oh, I identified that, you know, this, that, or the other thing. But I think the real key is communicating, having someone, like Tal said, as soon as he started talking, it put it into perspective. So whether it's the person that we're jealous of or a good friend or confidant that I can get it out of my gut and go, oh, wait a minute, now this look sounds, feels different. Okay, now let me go back in there and decide what I'm going to do next. So I think the communication and interaction is is mandatory in order to transcend jealousy. So much good stuff here. Thank you, all three of you. Uh, today has been awesome. Barry, Rick, Tal. Uh, for anybody listening right now, remember you can find out about Barry, Rick, and Tal on our website, which is everydaymindfulnessshow.com and they really both have all, all, all three I don't say both <laughs> there's four of us today uh, but everybody is bringing so much to the world and the work they're doing and what they're sharing out there so thank all three of you for for joining me here today thank you my thank pleasure you. thank time. you and everybody listening we hope to see you joining us again next week's episode of the everyday mindfulness show Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. 
Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com and check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.